is Fusebox number 104, Slab Rat. And you are looking ratty for the more. Saw what you did there. Thank you. Worked hard on that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome in to this edition of Fusebox number 104, hauntingly titled Slab Rat. And uh, I'm your finding this coffin a wee bit tight as well as a bit premature host, Mark Rose, thanking you for uh, pushing play on our humble audio offering. And over there, sitting like the great pumpkin, (laughs) is the viceroy of volumes himself, Milt Keynes, everybody. Thank you kindly. You know, it's uh, that time of year again. Oh, it is indeed. It is indeed the time when the portals of the spirit world become open and uh, then things happen. Hey, hey, did you know that uh, it's said that incense is the food of ghosts? Have you ever heard that? (laughs) Other than from you on every Halloween, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it's true, damn it. Uh, that's a that's a common belief in many Asian schools of thought, and uh, especially uh, at this time of year, when uh, the veil between the worlds of the living and the uh, dead are uh, said to be parted. Yeah, it just seems like every culture has their thing about all that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, as it also happens, we're uh, entering very soon, just in a matter of days, Samhain, the festival of Celts, which celebrates the uh, beginning of winter. There you go. That, that's one of those crazy-ass spellings again. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It looks like some guy named Sam Hain. <laughs> yeah, Celtic, Gaelic spellings, you know, they're always a, they're always a delight, aren't they? I'm, I'm actually uh, really glad, though, in this case, because it uh, sounds so much better than it looks in print. Uh, and uh, as I'm recalling, uh, right at this very moment... Uh, the, You're double parked? Uh, no, no, thankfully not. No, the other thing I, I just recalled is, um, which actually is uh, germane to our topic here, there there used to be, perhaps still is, um, a, a, a magazine devoted to the uh, creepy films that uh, many of us like so much, called uh, Sawin, which uh, may have been published in the UK. Not sure, but... Uh, it was an amusing magazine, lots of obscure grade Z filmage in those pages. Speaking of, don't we have a video vixen review this time out? Yes, sir, we do. And that, by the way, is coming up shortly. Another delirious dive into the offbeat and sometimes very dangerous world of psychotronic cinema. Delivered uh, with her typical panache by the video vixen herself. Who bravely goes where most of us wouldn't have the guts. Or need. <laughs> to go. <laughs> no, no, no. I got to say, I think the uh, the Vixen's reviews are a public service to, uh, to all of us. Uh, like in this case. A wonderful little gem you won't want to avoid missing. Don't try to snow me, Hype. This is no casual amputation. You want to cut off my feet so I can't follow you. Why should I worry about you following me? 
With feet like that, you can follow me out of bed. You're making a perverted proposal to me, mister. Me? Me make a pass at a cop? Me make a pass at a goddamn ugly fat foot cop? A goddamn ugly fat foot male cop? Jesus Christ! That's it! I have... Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hype, 1980. Director, Charles B. Griffith. Stars, Oliver Reed and a bunch of people who aren't really worth mentioning, and they should be grateful that I'm not reminding them they were in this piece of shit. How can a man whose credits include fun grindhouse hits like the original Little Shop of Horrors, Eat My Dust, and Smokey Bites the Dust give us this dreck? I'm highly offended, and you should be too. A kind but ugly podiatrist drinks a concoction that turns him into a handsome and homicidal ladies' man. I love Oliver Reed, but I hate this movie. It's supposed to be funny, but it isn't. I don't include feet among my many fetishes, so this film was a total loss. I dare you to sit through this and laugh even once. I'm the Video Vixen, and remember, behave yourselves. Yep. That one never intrigued me at all. Cast notwithstanding. So you see, that's a public service right there. You needn't waste your valuable time viewing that piece of steaming slug meat. Unless you just want to see, in fact, if you would be compelled to laugh at all at this thing. Kind of cringy, if you ask me. Nope. When we return from this short reset, friends, we will have a wonderful little treat for you. With no tricks involved. We promise. I see dead people. The Fuseboxshow.com. You know, I've been uh, waiting for an opportunity to uh, replay this lovely piece for a while, and it, uh, it just couldn't be more appropriate. For uh, the season and uh, for the upcoming fun and uh, frivolity. Uh, It's a piece written by Jody Lorimer called Grandmother. And uh, we first featured this as part of our uh, Twisted Epiphany segment a few years back. Actually, uh, three years back, in fact. So uh, I'm sure there are many out there who have uh, not heard this one. So it's a great opportunity to... uh, uh, unleash it again for you, as it is a very evocative little nightmare. Here's Jody Lorimer's grandmother. She sat quietly, stroking the long, stiff hairs on her legs. It soothed her, this petting, while she waited for the animal. It wouldn't be long now. From here, she could see the flickerings of goings-on below. Faint sounds, a flash of movement, the buzzing of familiar voices, rising and falling in an ancient cadence. And then, the sound of the new ones, 
drifting up and over like the frothy, sparkling foam of bubbles riding over deep, churning water. They don't know our ways. How could they? They were delicate with a language that chirped and sang. They were restless and flitted from here to there as if constantly afraid of being caught. They had flitted here, to her ancient home, probably to avoid being caught by something, but she couldn't understand what. The new ones gestured and waved and twittered and fluttered, but it made no sense to her. At first, they thought the new ones were beautiful in a translucent sort of way, filmy and light. Soon enough, they began to seem breakable. Dry twigs and weightless leaves carried by the breeze on a whim. She didn't like them, and it seemed they didn't like her, or the rest of her tribe. She thought they might be afraid because they judged them. They didn't know their ways. How could they? The time had come around to collect a new living place above the old, and continue. They had all felt the light ancestors above resonate with the deep ground lines, drawing them, as it always did, to this place at this time. There could be no thought of not being here. It was ever so. It was simply the order of things. Yet after we had collected, and when we began to dig, to uncover the old living places, to bring the grandmothers up from the den of deep energy, as they must, to inhabit the new living place and radiate to the living, the new ones suddenly flew to a far corner and twittered nervously, waving their arms and fluttering. They were afraid of our slow and ancient ways, emerging from the sonic world, ways tied to the subterranean from the beginning, dwelling in darkness to absorb the deep rhythms that throbbed in us. We emerge when we must, as now. We are not at home in the bright air as they are. They don't understand our ways. How could they? Fragile little flittery things. A rumbling began within her. The animal, she could feel it. She had lived two other lives in two other forms, and this would be her third form and her third life. She would be a grandmother. At last, she arched forward, bending almost in half. Her breath shuddered. Ripples quaked to her furthest extremities. She heaved very slowly, once, twice, and her back split open to reveal the soft, silvery carapace unfolding that, once revealed, would harden and endure. Then she would return to the new living place, a new, pregnant, and hungry creature. Jody's been uh, cooking with those funny mushrooms again? Nah. She is an avid gardener and uh, anthropologist, though. So, there is that. 
Thanks to Jody for writing that one. I, for one, had a blast fiddling with it. So, in keeping with the Halloween spirit of things, we thought it would be just great if we uh, took one of our favorite geographical locations in the U.S. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, found some stories that were uh, fitting for the season. And boy, did we hit the mother load, so to speak. I'm not really sure what's creepier. The stories we found or the amount of stories we found. Yeah, and it was a tough decision to make indeed. Culling through these wondrous oddball nuggets, but uh, we did, and uh, created a segment we like to call Five Freaky Fucked Up Fables from Florida. (laughs) Thanks to our uh, comrade in uh, audio crime, Jeff Pollard, as well, for helping us endure the scourment to find these uh, particular stories. <laughs> oh gosh. So uh, so Mel, why don't you uh, why don't you begin with our first fable? And friends, these are all true. These are not invented or otherwise twisted into something other than weird. For true. Alrighty then. Bettina Rodriguez Aguilera is running for the House of Representatives. Rodriguez Aguilera believes aliens abducted her when she was seven years old and says blonde aliens who look like the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro took her onto their spaceship where they told her the, quote, center of the world's energy is Africa and that researchers discovered thousands of non-human skulls on the island of Malta. Rodriguez Aguilera also claims she saw a UFO at the age of 17 and has stayed in communication with aliens telepathically. About her confidence in the existence of extraterrestrials, she says, I stick to my guns when I believe in something. The Miami Herald endorsed Rodriguez Aguilera for the GOP nomination. They wrote, We realize that Rodriguez Aguilera is an unusual candidate, but that they're impressed with her experience and ideas. As a job, she trains women from other countries how to run for political office. What the fuck, Florida? Nature apparently has it out. For some people, for instance, Eric Norrie, a man who, in his 40 years on Earth, has had his run-in with monkeys, sharks, rattlesnakes, and the hammer of Thor himself, although they never explain that. Norrie is currently recovering from his latest attack in which a shark bit off a chunk of his leg during a spearfishing trip in the Bahamas. He says... I felt this shark grab my leg and the ripping sound. And when I turned around, the water was filled with blood. It looked like a Jaws movie. He then used part of his spearfishing equipment to make a tourniquet after making his way to a sandbar. His daughter called for help over a radio and uh, he is now 
in a Tampa hospital awaiting surgery. That was a tough ride, Nori told Fox News. I really did think I was going to die. Nori's encounters with the dangers of nature goes all the way back to his childhood, according to the New York Daily News. When he was 10 years old, a tree under which he stood was struck by lightning. He was blown over by the strike, but was unhurt. Years later, he was bitten by a rattlesnake while walking at a country club and nearly lost his leg. He spent two weeks in intensive care. The New York Daily News also reports that he was attacked by monkeys twice. Once because he wandered too close to a simian while in the Amazon. The second time was uh, the result of a joke of sorts played by his wife. She locked Nori in a cage with a small monkey, which then proceeded to bite, hit, and pelt him with his own keys. His wife, Spring, wasn't worried, though. She took photos and giggled, he said. <laughs> what the fuck, Florida? Deputies responding to a 911 call in the Florida Keys made an unusual find. A man trapped in a recliner chair after the stuffed head of a water buffalo fell on him. The Monroe County Sheriff's Office says dispatchers received a call early Friday from a man who could only yell his address and tell operators that he was crushed. When deputies arrived at the home, they discovered the man trapped in his recliner chair. He had apparently fallen asleep and woken up when the head of a water buffalo hanging on a wall fell on his lap. Authorities say the head was too heavy for the man to lift. He was able to reach his cell phone and call for help. The man who was not identified was taken to Mariner's Hospital for treatment. What the fuck, Florida? A Florida man arrested for destroying a liquor store under construction told police he was Alice in Wonderland and that a hookah-smoking caterpillar ordered him to attack the site. Grassview police said in a post on Facebook that Matthew Horace Jones is accused of breaking into a fenced-in area and using a forklift to cause more than $100,000 in damage. He faces grand theft felony and other charges. Witnesses called 911, and police went to the site. The police report says Jones aimed the forklift towards the officers, who stopped him at gunpoint. Police quoted Jones as identifying himself as Alice in Wonderland, blaming the attack on a hookah-smoking caterpillar, and saying that he had a problem with, quote, building a place to sell alcohol. No lawyer is listed for him. What the fuck, Florida? <sighs> and uh, our final offering is this one. Edward Archbold was, according to those who met him on Friday night, the life of the party. A bit of a show-off, 
who was up for anything, even a giant cockroach eating contest. And he won. And then, tragically, he died. Ah! According to the Broward Sheriff's Office, Archbold of West Palm Beach and several other contestants signed up to eat a variety of insects at Ben Siegel Reptiles in Deerfield Beach. After eating dozens of giant cockroaches, Archbold was declared the winner of an ivory ball python. The prizes, Archbold indicated on his Facebook page that night, were less significant than the glory. His plan was to give the python to a friend. He also entered a superworm eating contest earlier in the night. But after winning, Archbold felt sick and started vomiting. He then collapsed in the store and was later pronounced dead. The medical examiner's office is conducting tests to determine a cause of death. According to the sheriff's office statement, the consumption of insects is widely accepted throughout the world, and the insects presented as part of the contest were taken from an inventory of insects that are safely and domestically raised in a controlled environment as food for reptiles, wrote attorney Luke LaRoe. No other contestants felt sick, the Broward Sheriff's Office said. And Archbold seemed to be doing all right earlier in the night, according to his own account on Facebook. He took photos of the superworms and wrote, Also, side note, I'm now in a superworm eating comp. Right now. Whatever the hell a superworm is. Eating the bugs yielded valuable rewards, according to the store's Facebook page. Eat the most bugs in four minutes. Win the ball morph. That's it. Oh, yeah. Any vomiting is an automatic DQ, the advertisement stated. Eat the most crickets, win a male lesser. Eat the most superworms, win a female orange belly. Eat the most discoid roaches, win a female graphite-sired ivory. Michael Adams, a professor of entomology at the University of California, Riverside, told the Associated Press that he has never heard of someone dying after eating roaches. Unless the roaches were contaminated with some bacteria or other pathogens, I don't think the cockroaches would have been unsafe to eat, Adams said. Some people do have allergies to roaches, but there are no toxins in roaches or related insects. Meanwhile, Archbold's friends took to his Facebook page to remember him. Wrote one, this goes out to one of the most fun, crazy, and most energetic persons I have ever met. I will never, ever forget you, Eddie. I don't think anyone could. What the fuck, Florida? So, there you have it, friends. A collection of some curious happenings from an even more curious geographic location. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I was in Florida one time and had the scare of my life, man. Really? They were out of Yoo-Hoo? Worse. A blind date. Uh-oh. Yeah. Buddy of mine who worked at a local radio station down there set me up with his sister, who I had never met, of course. Come to find out, she was a Republican. What the fuck, Milt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
boy. Still gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, yes. And on that heebie-jeebie inspiring moment, we're going to grab some slab and scrape our way on out of here, but not before thanking the brave souls... I saw what you did there. <laughs> ...who contributed to the festivities on this edition of Fusebox... Levi Buchanan, Nico Lane, Jody Lorimer, Eden Neuendorf, Jeff Pollard, and the Video Vixen. Yes, and but also thanks to the ever-vigilant and inspiring... (laughs) (laughs) Milk Canes for uh, technical assistance and uh, FX wrangling. A pleasure as always, and happy Halloween. (laughs) And of course... Thanks to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of the show. And please, if you have not done so already, kindly subscribe to this program wherever you might have found it, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the Overnightscape Underground, or a host of other portals and places of interest. We would so appreciate that. I have been your raising the dead through a series of complicated wires and pulleys, host... Mark Rose saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse.